Chapter 1. Slip Inside This House Had you not spent five nights a week in there like I did, upon entering the Champ Arcade, your senses might have been overwhelmed by the purient cacophony of it all. Tits and asses, cocks and snatches, eyes come hither, eyes rolled back, blinking lights everywhere, beckoning you to phallic monstrosities too gruesome to imagine handling, much less inserting, directing you to unguents and salves, lotions and greases, assaulting your higher mind to abandon ship, to leave and trust your dirty little lizard brain to call the shots. You might have tried to subdue this onslaught by limiting your gaze to the glass enclosures immediately to your left. Here, coach whips, blindfolds, and handcuffs, articles of confusion when discovered in a well-hidden shoebox in your mother's closet, were nostalgic, romantic even. But this was no place for sweetness. A closer inspection would reveal so many other trinkets and tchotchkes that you would be overwhelmed all over again. Single-serve packets of flavored lube, canisters of amyl nitrate, Spanish fly, French ticklers, cock rings, enema kits, latex gloves, medical face masks, ball gags, dental dams, paddles, rectal thermometers, forceps, nose clamps, an assortment of stainless steel speculums, and a box of exacto knives, utensils for the truly depraved. You might have sought shelter in the uniform predictability of more than 10,000 VHS tapes on racks. Their covers of deep reds and soft focus promising blonde Scandinavian maidens, erotic courtesans of the Orient, black chicks. Maybe you were like me. Maybe you'd never forgotten your hairier and greasier first loves, the devil and Miss Jones, talk dirty to me, taboo number two and found some perverse feeling of home just looking at these boxes. You might browse the new releases purely for shits and giggles. No, scratch that. Careful what you wish for here. Best to say you might browse the new releases on a whim. You might even find yourself engaged by these excessively fit stars and starlets with lives built around salons and tanning beds, pills and enemas, you might appreciate the perfectly retouched droplets glistening on perfectly retouched skin, a touch of marketing class belying the jabbing and squirting waiting within. But then, maybe you weren't like me. Maybe you were a dilettante stopping by only because you drew the short straw and were assigned to fetch the entertainment for your co-worker's bachelor party. You would probably gravitate to the light-hearted fare of the novelty section, selecting a copy of Edward Penis Hands or All That Jizz or the midget porn classic Naughty Napoleon. This would show your workmates that you didn't take your smut too seriously, that this was foreign terrain for you. Hopefully, you were not interested in our bargain bin, that haphazard graveyard for skin flicks at their worst. Most of these videos had been brought back by UPS after attempted returns to producers no longer in business. In the fly-by-night world of adult film, today's queen could be tomorrow's victim of a business manager with a coke habit and access to the production company's bank account. While we'd rather not have had these taking up valuable floor space, 
a sidewalk sale on the tourist-laden corner of First and Pike would have been frowned upon. Dropping off volumes 1 through 50 of the Lick My Butthole series at the Salvation Army was likewise out of the question. Marking down merchandise to move and throwing it into a crudely constructed bin wasn't necessarily fantastically inventive, but it was our best option. Many among us, after completing our first visit, have craved the confessional, a hot rape shower, 15 minutes of keening, or some combination of all three. Yet, if you, like me, were somehow to find yourself employed there, slogging the midnight to eight shift, no less, you'd have gradually found the place and the work somehow challenging, complete with moments to upsell when feeling ambitious. Do you want butt plugs with that? This version costs a little more, but if you're serious about watching Filipino women eat food out of each other, we ran our own line of the 31 fucking flavors of Baskin-Robbins. The implements of semi-torture were our pralines and cream. The latest issue of Blowjob Bonanza, our daiquiri ice. We would serve up either without rolling our eyes, because we knew full well that the cock's heart wants what the cock's heart wants. If a sick freak felt the urge to consult with me about what they wanted to do with another consenting sick freak, it only made the evening go faster. We might even find ourselves downright sick freak helpful. You're going to want to pick up some of these absorbent pads to put under your sheets if you're going to buy that, mister, we might suggest. Of course, to be fair, there were also the other times. Do I look like the kind of fuckwit who scours consumer reports researching products you'd enjoy sticking up your ass? This to a perfectly polite couple who asked for an opinion regarding my preference on the two most popular models of butt plug. It all depended on the mood, and the mood depended on a simple equation. A high Charlie equaled a happy Charlie. I might meander in a scotch drunk at a quarter to midnight. Job security? Not an issue, as the responsibilities of the position were somewhere near slight. Bob and Randy, the swing shift guys, would be packing up their belongings and counting out the register and would tend to overlook any whiskey on my breath. Many a previous employee had left them hanging with a last-minute sick call or a plain old no-show. They considered me, if not a model employee, someone they could at least count on to be corporally present. You know, Charlie, your one-year anniversary is coming up, Randy might inform me. Both Randy and Bob were proud of their 20-plus years of shop employment. Randy a little more so. Yeah, they're going to buy you a fucking gold watch, Bob would bleat, cigar to one side of a squalid mouth. In truth, I was hired as temporary Christmas help a couple months shy of a year past today. You might be questioning the increase in porno store traffic around the holidays, as I was at the time, but let me assure you, it is extraordinary. Also remarkable were the customer assumptions. Sorry, sir, you're going to have to wrap that vibrator yourself when you get home, you might have said to the nervous junior bank teller. You might have informed the pomaded cook from the corner breakfast place about the gift wrapping booth at Macy's the Girl Scouts were running for charity this year. Randy and Bob took me under their broad and experienced wings and showed me the ropes of the adult retail industry. 
Randy, a 60-something confirmed bachelor with a precisely trimmed mustache and high womanish voice, was very hands-on. He very much enjoyed quizzing the clientele about their likes and dislikes, making recommendations in his god-awfully cloying and spooky way. Bob, on the other hand, was the perfect bulldog-human hybrid, with a constant unlit cigar stuck between fleshy gills and what I assumed were two bags of bloodshot behind permanently affixed Ray-Bans. Bob's approach to the mercantile was more subdued. His speech consisted of a variety of mutt grunts. He was there to sell stag films, not to make friends. The one time I did hear him laugh aloud was the night I arrived for a shift with a freshly blackened eye and several bleeding claw marks on my face after being ferociously assaulted by a Jägermeister-fueled ex. He bent at the waist, hands on his knees, howling till he up-coughed half a lung. Are you dating a fucking werewolf, Hyatt? He cried in between hacks. We would supervise the entire operation from a perch behind the retail counter, a good foot higher than the clientele, as they perused rows and rows of magazines, blow-up dolls, and Mephistophelian toys. It was here where we could truly survey our domain. If you, like me, were somehow preternaturally able to ignore the TV monitors, with the giant genitalia smashing into each other and the cigarette smog, the retail section was as well-lit and organized as any corner shop. Draggy content aside, the place was aseptic and impeccably managed. But if you were in the market for debasement or aberration or debauchery, then front of store was a mere appetizer, a simple finger food, a quick way to wet your whistle. It was back of house where things got enchanting. The Champ Arcade in the very back was more of a scabrous wonderland than a dirty bookstore. A heavy red velvet curtain separated the pros from the amateurs, the wheat from the chaff, the men from the boys. If you, like I on occasion did, were to purchase two dollars worth of tokens and walk through that red curtain past the sign that read private dances, video booths, you would have been abused by the smell of Lysol as you paused to allow your eyes to adjust to the near darkness. Then, with music louder than need be, you might have made your way past the first row of booths. The moans and lascivious screams of dozens of videos playing simultaneously could have given you the impression you had just buckled in for a ride through a carnival's haunted house. You might not have been scared exactly, but a nausea of unease would not be far off. What might jump out from the murk to try and forcibly mate with you would be a thought hard to dismiss. You might have then thankfully noticed Wayne Newton, a six-and-a-half-foot-tall red-headed monster whose mother had an unnatural love of the Vegas entertainer, unleashing his flashlight for his hourly walkthrough. His wasn't the worst job in the joint. The twelve inches between the floor and the bottom of each video booth's door offered plenty of room to detect any attempts at partnering up inside or any attempted defilement of the working ladies. One person per booth was pretty much the only rule strictly enforced here. Anything else was masturbator's choice.
A dozen red booths lined the walls on either side as you would make your way through the maze, unsure of just what your cock's heart was desiring. One booth might contain a single video monitor with 20 channels of filth to whack from. Another might open directly onto the main stage where one token opened a window for 30 seconds of live nude girl. Along one wall were the fish tanks, four-foot-by-four-foot glass enclosures containing dancers waiting their turn to hit the main stage. Each tank contained a fetish, a taste, from Catholic schoolgirl to leather dominatrix to girl-next-door freshly home from drill team, all forms of fantasy on the fluffer buffet available back of house. Go in, drop a token. A curtain is pulled and negotiations begin. Up close and personal, dirty talk and adult toys are all available. As long as you had a generous amount of folding cash, the dexterity to slip that cash through the slot, and the capacity to suspend your disbelief that the glass wall impeded anything from bobbing on your fractured libido. Crumpled tissues decorated the floor, as if the jack-off Hansel had left the trail of cum rags to find his way out, after releasing on the plexiglass of his cubicle sex doll, Gretel. My shift began at midnight, but it was after two in the morning when the place would become a whirlwind of activity, with dancers leaving after a hard night of shaking it on the main stage or giving it up in private booths for the reprobate. Some might wait for their drug dealer, or soon-to-be-next-big-thing-rock-star boyfriend. Others might load into their regular cab driver's back seats, or on some nights, into an awaiting police cruiser. Good night, Lexi. Good night, Angel. You might have sized them up as they paraded by, the ghostly spawns of missing fathers and wayward moms. Junkie, mentally disturbed, cutter, molested as a child. Molested. Molested. The girls would tease me on the way out, mock begging me to come home with them, knowing damn well I was stuck in paradise until morning. One of these days, ladies, I'm going to disappoint you sexually like no one quite has before. A is for angel, touched as a child. B is for Betty. Burned, scarred, and defiled. C is for Cassandra, angry with Dad. D is for Dixie, born just plain bad. E is for Eva, whose self-worth is low. F is for Felicity, who does too much blow. G is for Ginger, kids taken away. H is for Honey, who's secretly gay. I is for Izzy, she fucks married men. J is for Jasmine, who nips at slow gin. K is for Cat, the queen of them all. L is for Lexi, who turns tricks at the mall. M is for Madison, who never does smile. N is for Nadine, locked away for a while. O is for Olivia, who cuts herself deep. P is for Precious, who married a creep. Q is for Quinn, who fucked her babysitter. R is for Roxy, whose dad used to hit her. S is for Sasha, with nothing to lose. T is for Trixie, who can't handle booze. U is for Ursula, addicted to meth. V is for Violet, her mother beaten to death. 
W is for Willa, who wasted her life. X is for Zena, who carries a knife. Y is for Yolanda, who's just not that bright. Z is for Zoe, probably won't make it home tonight. <laughs>